Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Banditos, fresh, made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests over four different episodes to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. Previously on Flavor of the Week with Monsignor Owen Campion. All of my teachers were Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia. When I was in high school, my heroes were not uh, athletes and popular entertainers, but they were the priests. Sure. Uh, two of them became bishops. They were a fine group of men. Yeah. But I was all over the country. I said something about Gorbachev in Russia. Uh-huh. I remember the cardinal did this, pointed to the ceiling. What he was saying was, the place is bugged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now, then another thing came in, and this would be of interest to reading a radio audience uh-huh. in Brazil. Now, not so much in Argentina, but in Brazil at that time, I don't know what they're doing now, but at that time, there were uh, evangelical groups, primarily from the uh, United States, frankly. Sure. And they were going into radio in a very, very big way. Uh-huh. Um, like as a missionary just, tactic. Just very zealous about it. Yeah. And so this was an issue. Now, once you got out of the major cities down there, San Paulo, Rio, mm-hmm. um, uh, then you were in these small rural dioceses where they didn't have a lot of money, which about the bottom line. Uh-huh. So they couldn't start a radio station, maintain a radio station. And then here's an evangelical group from the United States that has money to burn, Mm -hmm. and they come in and start a a station. And the same thing applied with print. Now, Uh of course, print and radio had a a very long-standing presence in those countries, as you might assume. But uh, this was a real uh, competitive force. I remember in Brazil, uh, I was in a time in Rio. I wanted to go up to uh, Petropolis, which is about 50 miles outside of Rio. And the Franciscans had a huge Catholic publishing house in Petropolis. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go up there and visit. And so I I thought, gosh, uh, Rio is equal to Chicago and New York as far as traffic is concerned. And I thought, well, you know, get lost the rest of my life down here. So I got not only a car, but I hired a, a driver. Mm-hmm. I rarely did that, but I <laughs> did in those huge cities. Yeah. So he was driving to me to Petropolis. Well, of course, he was a Brazilian Catholic. Uh-huh. He mentioned a very prominent uh, uh, American politician. Does, does he know that you're a, a Monsignor oh, or yeah. a priest? Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's the reason he's okay. telling me all gotcha. this. Fluent in English, and so he had a uh, often had a job from the American consulate in uh, Rio to drive prominent visitors. Gotcha. <laughs> so this major politician, I won't mention his name, but uh-huh. he ran for president one day. Uh, okay. <laughs> he came down. Well, I happen to know uh, his religious background. Uh-huh. So anyway, it was one of the fundamentalist churches. Uh-huh. So uh, this man started talking, and he said, do you know anything about these people? He named this fundamentalist church in the United States. And I said, well, I know something about it. 
He said, well, they make me so mad. Uh-huh. I said, well, how's that? And he said, my grandmother's a saint. Uh-huh. And he said, she says the rosary every day. Uh-huh. And uh, he said she has a, a picture of Our Lady of Aparecida. Now, she, the Blessed Mother, Patroness of Brazil, okay. said in her living room she has a big picture of Our Lady of Aparecida. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said this fundamentalist preacher from the United States uh, started a church in her neighborhood and went door to door, came to see her, uh-huh. and um, came in and saw the picture. And he told her he was going to hell. He said, I wish I'd been there when he told my grandmother <laughs> she's going to hell. He said, she's a saint. And I knew the politician was. So then he said, uh, so-and-so came down for this uh, governmental meeting in Rio. And they hired me to drive him around. And I told him the story that I was so offended and outraged by this evangelical from the United States. And I said to him, what, what church you go to? And he said, well, I'm a Presbyterian. Well, I happen to know this guy was no more Presbyterian than I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He told him, you know. But um, that was the kind of thing that uh, we did. Then I left that job, uh, um, and then I was appointed to the Council for Communications at the Holy See. And we met uh, three times a year for a week in Rome. So uh, Archbishop Foley uh, uh, served for a number of years there, and then he was uh, named a cardinal. He was a cardinal for about uh, uh, maybe two years tops. I remember uh, I went over for the ceremony when he received the red hat, and as this gives you an idea how respected he was. There were about 50 of us from the United States that went over there mm-hmm. for that event. And we stayed in the same hotel. It was a lot of fun. And there were several events that we had a big dinner for him. But uh, he had to cancel out uh, every time the time came. We'd get a call from him that uh, he was so sick he just couldn't come so i remember the day of the ceremony uh coincidentally i I ran into him in saint peter's basilica before the ceremony i got there early and ran into him asked him how he felt and he said well that you know he felt awful but he just had to be there well uh i would say in a in a year he he got a terrible diagnosis they Hmm. found it so he um was from Philadelphia, came back in January, and moved into the retirement home for priests, which is a nursing care facility part of it. Uh, And he died in December. But, of course, I kept my membership on the Council of of Communications, even though he had died. And that was very rewarding in a lot of ways, but mainly because of the contacts that you would make at the Holy See and Catholic communicators from around the world. Mm -hmm. I I don't think, uh, I hear things said sometime, the officials at the Holy See whom I met are, were many of them are gone now, but they were fine people, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And of course the Catholic communicators. By that time, uh, the emphasis had switched a little bit 
from Latin America to uh, uh, Asia. Uh, And uh, I would say one point place would have been Hong Kong Mm -hmm. because the Brits, uh, the British were leaving or then left Hong Kong. When is this? Well, Hong Kong had become a major center of Catholic communications when the British were there Uh because, among other things, the British uh, have free speech and free uh, worship. Sure. Well, then the Chinese communists came in. Uh That's another story. (laughs) Um, So the Catholic communicators there who would have been Chinese, they were not, they didn't know what to think. So they had these big broadcast facilities, for example. Are Mm -hmm. we going to be shut down, you know, put out of business? Or they had big uh, publishing houses. Are we going to be put out of business Mm -hmm. when the Brits leave? Because you see the British... Had, I mean, they supported them. <laughs> you know, it's part of the British heritage, free speech and free religion. Yeah. Of course, they go back 500 years, another matter. But I mean, <laughs> the last several hundred years. Yeah. And, you know, their views of free speech and the freedom of religion, the British views at the at now, mm-hmm. don't go back to Henry VIII, I'm talking about right, right now, you know, are as uh, comprehensive as would be Americans' views. Right. Well, when they left Hong Kong and the Chinese communists followed them into power, what did that mean for Catholic communications? Mm-hmm. And of course, some left Hong Kong. Some of those, they just wouldn't take the chance of being shut down by yeah. the communists. So and, how often were you going over there? Well, I probably, uh, the last several years I was before, before the Brits left and right after they left, I might have been in Hong Kong four times a year. Did you ever feel like you had to kind of hide your Catholicism? Not uh, not under the Brits. Uh, right. Not under the British. Right, but once communism takes over? You had to watch your step. Yeah. I was an American. Mm-hmm. They have an un- said they had an unusual uh, situation. Uh, they had two forget what they called it now, uh, one country, two systems. Hmm. So th- the mainland was very different from Hong Kong. So the, now they have all these riots that are going on the second week of June over there mm-hmm. in Hong Kong as this interview is occurring. Yeah. Uh, so it has not totally been paradise on earth. Of course. But uh, they did allow capitalism to remain. They Theoretically, they remained freedom of religion to remain. But there's, uh, I think, always this uh, shadow in the background of what might happen. I was in Rome, oh, probably within the last year, uh, at the airport. And I was waiting for my uh, flight to come back to the U.S. And at the adjoining gate, I paid no attention to it, but at the adjoining gate was a a plane going to Hong Kong. Uh And so uh, I was sitting there. And Catholic communicator from Hong Kong, whom I knew back there, she was on her way back home. Really? Saw me and came over and sat down and talked. Uh Now, this would be 2018. Yeah. And she was worried. Yeah. And so, um, of course, another thing they worried about uh, was, you see, they're British subjects by birth. Mm -hmm. British citizenship was extended to people who were born in Hong Kong. So legally, they were not Chinese. Okay. So um, a lot of those people, you know, from Hong Kong just simply 
they were Chinese and so forth. But they just exercised their rights of British citizenship and moved to England, uh-huh. which they'd never seen. But in England, at least, they would be free. Right. So this whole time that you're traveling around for the Vatican, doing these communications, consulting or seminars, whatever you're doing, is our Sunday visitor playing a role in this? Are you able to use some of your connections here at our Sunday visitor well, I, to plug in? <laughs> yes. I, I, what I would try to do is dovetail as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And so I would write, uh, I, for example, in Poland, I would write, or in Brazil, for our Sunday visitor about what I saw. And I'd be down there for another purpose, but I would use that opportunity. Be sure to join us next time for more of Flavor of the Week with Monsignor Owen Campion.